Once again to another episode of the Retro of a Doctopus Cephala Podcast, part of the Inebriart Podcast Network. The only show where old is new, new is old, and so are we. I am your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and with me as always are my creepy cohorts, Boss Rush Mode. Welcome to my nightmare. Think you're gonna like it. Parasite Steven. What the hell are you doing in the bathroom all day and night? Why don't you get out of there and give someone else a chance? A Nintendo. Boo-doo-doo. Who said that? Oh, oh. I'm so spooked. I've looked around, but there's no one here. I, I mean, except there are three guys here besides me, but I... I don't see anyone. It was a Nintendo ghost. All right, enough of the ghost voice. Enough of the board of I'm I'm done with this shit. I'm Uh, still done. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Uh, So so this episode... Well, that's not the spirit. This is the spirit. (laughs) So this episode is... uh, I'm I'm dubbing uh, Kinder Terror, Childhood Fright. I wanted to have us all talk about things that scared us as a kid because as much as fun and happy things are a part of growing up, being a scared is totally also a thing that happens when you're growing up because you're a kid and the world's scary. And now I'm an adult and the world's still scary. So we're just scared of different stuff. We're just scared of different stuff now, like, you know, bills and like insurance as opposed to before I was just scared of like quicksand and bats. So and dolphins with giant laser beams on their back because dolphins are supposed to be good and right. altruistic but you when they go bad they, nothing goes bad like right. a dolphin it I goes know. all the way bad full bad it's like that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode where they kill all the dolphins I don't know anyway so <laughs> there's probably one like that I mean the, it's been on for there's definitely I, 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 I remember seeing it and it, it, really, it really messed with me this one had a porpoise what was the porpoise <laughs> so I wanted to start off this episode. We're going to kind of break this up into uh, you know a few different segments here of uh, of kind of of themes. So I wanted to start off talking about uh, things that scared us from various different pop culture and media shows, movies, what have you, um, and, and things kind that of, left those scars. Yeah, you know things that you watched on TV that just didn't sit right. You know they just kind of kind of messed with you. And I think we'll all have a lot to say about that. Uh, and then after that, I want to talk about some uh, some things that maybe scared us in the real world, IRL for those youngins. And uh, and then after that, I want to want to take a step back and go into our our dreamscapes and 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 talk about all the nightmares we used to have and uh, and things like that that we cooked up in our own damn brain that were so scary. Uh, so starting this thing off, I wanted to talk about some pop culture media scares. Uh, so when I was a little kid, I used to watch Lamb Chop a lot. Uh, Kids Puppet Show by comedian Sherry Lewis uh, on TV in 1992. And you may remember it for having a song that doesn't end. It it really did have that. And it's still going. Uh, So this show had the titular Lamb Chop uh, featured prominently, who was cute enough. I still don't think that she was like adorable. Uh, Sherry Lewis's puppets are kind of weird to me. But the one character from this show that really just never sat right with me, freaked me the fuck out was Charlie Horse. And Charlie Horse was this godforsaken, 
corpse ass looking horse puppet Charlie. that had like these ungodly eyeballs and this big they were so stoned. smile so stoned they were he like had, jim had, brewer eyeballs he had he had white wispy hair i mean he looked like he just dug him out like he was freshly exhumed god gazed upon those eyes himself and said i forsake thee i forsake thee charlie horse nay so oh god they stole my friggin kidney so what made this better was the fact that uh as a child I was not really, I didn't have a say in things that I got as presents or gifts of any kind. Uh, and so my dear mother and my dear brother did not know that I hated Charlie Horse. Um, they did not know that he terrified me. And there was one But you day, did watch the show. I watched the show all like, the time. Like, to be fair. I, no, I watched the show all the time. But this was a well-kept secret. <laughs> I hated Charlie Horse. And so, one night, I sat in my crib. I sat and looked up and, and looked at my mother and my brother. And they presented to me a gift. Something they thought would bring me joy. <laughs> a child. A youngster. Who would have just hope and whimsy in his eyes. As he gazed upon the Charlie Horse doll itself. <laughs> that would live with me in my crib for the rest of my days. And I realized now, at that moment, that my worst fears came true because God help me, Charlie Horse is now in my room and he's in my bed. He's and in your crib. You, you're in a cage <laughs> I'm with in your a worst cage nightmare. With my worst nightmare. And the best part of this whole thing was that you I could have felt, thrown him out of the cage. I felt genuinely bad because I knew that you both gave this to me thinking you were doing me a solid and I had nothing nothing but hatred That's for this exactly thing. what happened like me and mom I was like it was like what like 13 and me and mom were like oh yeah we're totally doing a massage and we like fist bumped after the Charlie we're like yeah that's exactly and I remember I was just like, Wah! and they're like, what? <laughs> What's wrong? Don't you love Lamb Charlie? Like, I hate Charlie Horse. He's awful. So, um, yeah. So straight up, I don't even remember this, but I, I, I do remember another time that we gave you a stuff. The fact that I remember this makes no sense. I know. I, know, I was so legitimately little. a year old. Like, yeah. I, I remember it very it, clearly. It's, it's really, really crazy. I, I also remember there was, you were about that same age, and I remember giving you for Christmas a, and this was around the time when, like, it was like the first year or two that I had, like, convinced mom to, to like, let me go in the mall by myself and spend my own money and come out with presents that she wouldn't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like, okay, can I just do shopping by myself for, like, you guys? Right. Uh, you know, because I was probably 13 or 14. And uh, I got you this uh, purple Stegosaurus stuffed animal. And it was like a music box stuffed animal. And so it had a little little key turn. And uh, there was something about that because, holy crap, I gave that thing to you Christmas morning thinking it was, like, so cool and i always love dinosaurs i'm like ah, my little brother's gonna love dinosaurs too i can feel it and i gave you the stegosaurus and you just fucking screamed you hated that thing that's so weird i don't remember that at all yeah you hated I have it no it was even purple yep damn yeah i feel like i would have liked that i don't now. remember the charlie horse thing though that's funny we we both remember different the funniest thing is that i didn't know you hated charlie horse until like essentially a couple months ago yeah you like this is like this big lifetime Secret. Well, I don't think about it that often. And then, you know, I go dredging up all these friggin' childhood terrors. And I'm like, you know, that fucking Charlie horse. He is a trip. Um, so that, that I think, will be uh, sufficient to kick this thing off. Let's pass the mic. 
Um, so does anybody else have something they want to throw into the ring of terror? I guess I will. Go for it, Nintendo. 200 well, subscribers strong. Hoorah! Thanks. Hoorah! Ooh, hoorah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, this the is tentacle a, virus this, grows. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, this is really, really quick. Um, you guys remember the show V, right? Oh, yeah, I like, don't. The, like the lizards. Yes. They're like disguised as like people. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember uh, years and years and years ago when uh, Boss Rushmore and I were kids, we used to like uh, every other weekend we would spend the weekend at each other's houses. And I was, this one particular weekend, I was at Boss Rushmore's house and his father was watching the show V. And I was like kind of like watching it from like a distance because mm-hmm. they didn't know I was like, you know, awake or anything. So, so, so my, my uncle's watching the show and I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm just really enthralled by the show. And all of a sudden this person starts like ripping off the skin. And it was so fucking gross to a point where I had to run to the bathroom and throw up. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, because they were like revealing like the lizard the person lizard underneath people. the like, human what skin. What the fuck is Because this? I was like their disguise. They were disguised as yeah. humans, obviously. So. Yeah, so that, that kind of like stuck with me and I hated the show ever since. Didn't they reboot that show? They, they did. did. It, yep. it stuck. That, that one was fucking Yeah, because that was, that was my only exposure to that was the, the newer re- reboot, which I didn't watch, but I remember there was lizard people, alien right. things. I didn't see that the reboot. That sounds awesome. I, I saw a few episodes. I mean, I remember liking it back in the day, but I don't, it's been probably since, since then, since I've seen the original V, so we couldn't really... I I think it lasted like it. one season or something. Yeah, I don't think it lasted very it long either. I, I do remember terrible. liking it at the time, but I couldn't even tell you one thing about it except for lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, yeah. I don't remember anything in particular about it. Yeah, I just remember that, that one scene. I remember so clearly. It's just, this guy just ripping off the skin. is like revealing this this lizard-type creature, and it was just, ugh, gross. So, so grody. Gross. Ew. Yuckers. Okay, that's it. I'm done. All right. <clears throat> What uh? What what is Boss Rush Mode scared of? Well, also at Joe's uncle's house, aka my house, at the time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad used to have like friends over, and they'd watch like horror movies. Of course, I mean I was young, so they'd send me to bed or you know whatever, and then they'd watch the movies afterwards. But you know sometimes I'd wake up and I'd you know you know sneak a peek at some of these you know movies. And this one scene in particular I remember pretty vividly. It freaked me the f out. I mean nowadays I was like, oh you know what? It kind of like you know. You gave me a little bit of interest in the genre later on in life because now that I realize, you know, a lot of the stuff is, you know, movie magic and fake and stuff. You know, of course, I'm probably like six or so when I saw this for the first time. I don't remember at all what movie this is. I, I probably should have, like, found out. I should try to find out in some point just to see the whole movie. Maybe but, the Retroids will know. Maybe. But there's this one scene where I, I believe this guy was just, like, held down on a table. And they take a drill. And they start drilling into his head through his temple. And I just remember seeing the drill go into the person's head. And I'm just like, Ugh! literally frozen in fright. Oh, and I'm my like, God. Do I, go back? I, I can't even freaking move right now. It's like, like what are they watching in here? And it's like, what is going on? People are getting so murdered. That, that was, I was like, what? That's like, that's... That's that's my introduction to horror. So oh, some man. guy getting his brain drill out of his temple with a, with a freaking drill. Uh, so that was that was pretty wild. That's freaking creepy. Actually, speaking of, of drill things, I I didn't even think about this until recently. But um, the movie The Puppet Master or what's the one with the little dolls that kill people? The Puppet Master. The Puppet Master, not Puppet Masters. Puppet Masters is Puppet the Masters alien is the alien invasion. Right. I always <clears throat> mess that up. So the Puppet Master. The, the I remember the one puppet that had the drill head. I remember seeing parts of that movie. I feel like I his was, name's Drillhead. Actually. Oh, there you go. Perfect. So I remember <laughs> seeing that movie and I was definitely way too young and I, I caught parts of it on TV and I remember there was a scene where he was just like jumping through a guy like drilling holes through him and I, I remember being like so just 
torn because I was like, oh my God, there's like these little, you know, goofy, cutesy, you know, whatever puppet guys and they're just murdering this dude. And it was just like this really weird thing my brain could not sort out. I, I was like very confused and kind of disturbed. But later in life, I wanted to watch the rest of that movie. I still never seen all of it. But yeah, that was another kind of like creepy thing that I, I saw as a kid. Um, Parasite Steven, I want you to tell me to tell me all about the spooks. Let's do it. <clears throat> I actually have a few. Edu- I have three educate, big ones. Educate me, bro. I have three big ones. So I'm going to just drop one now because yeah. I think we're going to keep going that's, around. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So my first, I'm going to start, I'm going to uh, drop these in order of like least scary to most scary uh, as far as I found them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this movie came out in 1959. I watched it many times as a, as a kid. It's called... Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Darby O'Gill and the Darby Little O'Gill People. and the Little People. The Little People. The Little People. People. Which is uh which is a movie that uh Disney doesn't really do anything with nowadays because they kind of realized that they were being ultra insulting to Irish people with their, you know, characterizations and their yeah. accents and all this right. stuff. So it's not really a movie that they're super proud of, but uh Sean Connery is in it, um, which is funny. Huh. Um so Actually, if you look up Darby O'Gill in Google, the third or so thing will be Darby O'Gill Banshee. And the Banshee is what scared the ever-living shizzle out of me shizzle. when I was a kid. I had no shizzle left. It was a shiz- I was a shizzle Shizzled tot. out. And, um, and so basically, um, the Banshee in this movie is like sort of a secondary antagonist kind of uh, thing, but it's really like it feels more like a force of nature because you cannot fight it, you cannot stop it. Uh, it appears in the movie as like a robed harbinger of of death who kind of looks like Sypha from Castlevania Three. Honestly, she's even like blue; she's the right cup palette and everything. Um, and she just shows up like right before you're gonna die, and. Um, or as the Irish say, kank it. Because I looked up like a euphemism. Before you're gonna kank it. Yeah, before you're gonna before you're gonna kank it. That was that was my Irish accent there. Before you kank it, or maybe it's conk it. I don't know. But so anyway, in one of the final scenes, our man Darby opens his front door, and his daughter is like dying in the back room, and he opens up the front door to like go get Low help. Low key dying. Okay. She's, she's like full key. She's high key dying down back there. She's going to fucking die. And so he like rushes to the front door. He's like going to go get some help. And he opens the door and the fucking Banshee is standing like right there. Not like a normal distance. Like if you were waiting for somebody to open the door, you're going to stand like a foot away from the door. The Banshee is like right fucking there, like inches away from the door. And he opens it and she's there and she fucking just screams in his face and he's so scared instantly because not only is it a scary, objectively scary thing, but guess what? He knows what it means. He knows that when you see the Banshee, someone's about to die. And he knows that that's going to be his daughter. So he like grabs a broom and like starts to fight the thing off with the broom. But guess what? She's just like a ghost. So it Ghosts just goes don't through care her. About she can't, you can't fight it. It's impossible. And so what she does is she just sort of rises in the air and... The entire time the scene's going on, there's this like ghostly screaming, this like just omnipresent sound. It's like, and it just gets higher and higher and higher and higher. And it doesn't stop the whole time that the scene's on. 
and she sort of just rises and rises and he can't get to her anymore and then he looks over and he sees this ghostly carriage being drawn by these horses and this man with no head who is apparently uh, the the Dullahan which is also a Castlevania enemy Dullahan in, 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 uh, in Castlevania they're the skeletons who kind of wear like lavender outfits and they they hold their head hold in their, their arms and they, and they the just rapier. sort of stab you as they like walk back and forth but those of you who have played symphony of the night they're in yes. the library yes they're uh that's the dullahan but anyway so the dullahan's a headless spirit and and here in this case he's uh he's been hired to drive the carriage of the damned and uh escort them to the the other world and you just cannot freaking do anything about it so anyway this concept of you know, it's really like sort of an allegory just for death itself, of course. Like, you can't actually stop it. You can't bargain. You can't fight the Banshee. Exactly. You know, whatever. So, it's interesting. But also, as a little kid, that was the heaviest thing I'd ever encountered. And legitimately scared the ever-living shit out of me. And I would have nightmares about this thing. And, yeah. Anyway, Darby O'Gill, the Banshee. And uh, if you want to, you can look up the scenes in on YouTube right now. And... Uh, they do not hold up. They're not scary. They're very goofy looking. And I cannot believe that this scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. But it hey, scared the crap out of you and, and enough of Google to be the third result. To be the third result. Yeah. So this was like a, a serious like this had scarred like many kids besides me. Besides yeah. little parasite mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy some of the stuff that used to be in kids movies actually. I, I feel like uh, for me, one of the things that always would really uh, freak me out was the fox and the hound. Uh, the bear was super friggin' scary. Like the grizzly bear in that movie, I remember always being like, "Oh my god!" Like this, this thing is so friggin' terrifying. And the way they drew it with the crazy eyes and it had these like, you know, just wild pupils and the red eyes, and it was just this ginormous gnashing thing, and the you know everything's on fire, and it's just. Fucking terrifying in an otherwise very sweet and mundane movie, you know, about just fox and a hound being pals. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's pretty crazy some of the scary stuff that you find in the most unlikely places, I, I must admit. I did find out the name of that movie, by the way. Oh, the drill scene movie. City of the Living Dead. Wow, never heard of that. From at 1980, all. so I was six years old. City of the Living Dead. And apparently, uh, yeah, because I just saw it on YouTube, and uh, I'm I'm kind of queasy right now. Just just, <laughs> just just watching, like, wow, holy crap! I I remember this way more vividly than I probably should have. A lot of times, like, oh, that's not at all how I remembered it. No, this was pretty fucking exact. <laughs> so, uh, so, but I, I guess uh, reading the comments is like apparently the guy who got drilled was trying to drill the guy's daughter, and the guy just said, nope, and said, have nope, none of that. I'm gonna drill you. I'm gonna drill you instead. Take that, bacteria. Um, he was just—he was just very literal, that guy. Yeah. So I just also want to point out that the uh, the poster. Back to Darby O'Gill for one more second. The poster of this movie is like a total kids family friendly movie. Like it's it's pale yellow. Oh, yeah. Everybody's it's happy. Very happy. You would never know that there is this fucking demon, this screaming fucking demon harbinger of death in there. Like. It's it's like it says Walt Disney spins motion picture magic with a touch of blarney, a bit of romance, and a heap of laughter. It's like oh, there's a guy playing a fiddle. It's a at the rollicking bottom. good time. Oh, it's a romp. Oh, Walt Disney's Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It's like yeah, right. Yeah, fucking right. That's what anybody remembers from this movie. Fuck all you. the banshee. You know it what should I mean? just be banshees all over the fucking poster. Banshee O'Gill. Ban- <laughs> banshee O'Gill. 
and the, and the anyway, we can move on now. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I, I would say another major thing for me that I used to watch all the time was Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which was basically like, you know, the, the 1990s uh, version for, for Nickelodeon of like Twilight Zone and, uh, and, and you know, uh, I don't know, some of, some of the other shows that are basically like episodic in nature and you just have like, you know, like a Goosebumps kind of thing. Um, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? had a number of episodes that were you know just silly goofy not really creepy uh but there was one episode in particular that was really friggin' creepy and uh it was called the tale of the dead man's float and uh it was it was notorious like darby o'gill and the little people's banshee that a lot of people who watched this show remember this episode. And what's funny is that it's actually like episode one of season five of this show, which is crazy because I feel like it was seemed to be one of the earlier ones I saw. You know, actually, I have the memory that this was kind of after we stopped caring about the show. Well, that and would then fit. sort of got us back into that it. would fit. Yeah, because it, it is really honest to God. Like if I think back to the show, this is the first thing that I always think of. So I just kind of assumed it was earlier on. But uh, yeah, so this this episode, Tale of the Dead Man's Float, involved this uh, this high school that back in the fifties there was a, a swimming pool there, and apparently there was someone who had died or drowned in that uh, swimming pool, and they were just you know haunting it. And basically, there was a kid who was swimming in the pool, uh, you know, after hours, you know, one one night, and he ends up just getting dragged under by something, and he drowns and dies. And the school can't explain it. They don't know what what happened at all. And so they completely, you know, drain the pool of, of, you know, the water and they close it down and they actually seal off that part of the school entirely. And uh, they flash forward to like, you know, I I think it's probably in the 90s, um, you know, just because the the episode came out in 95. So uh, the 1990s, the 1990s. And uh, and so these kids are uh, on the school swimming team and they're they're, you know, complaining that they have to go to the, like over an hour away for swim practice and they hear that there was this swimming pool in their high school that is now closed down and so they go and try and find it and they actually they locate it and they they find the pool there and and all the people who currently work there are like we don't honestly know like we didn't even know about this like we don't know why it's closed down whatever and they end up opening it back up and uh, and so they open it back up and they you know fill it with water and stuff and then there's just like these weird smells that are coming out of it and uh, and and it, they it hilarious like ammonia they smelled ammonia what's, so what's funny I watched the clip I couldn't find the whole episode but I watched like a, a best of that episode and they they keep saying it smells like acid which is oh. a hilarious thing for something to smell like because acid Acids don't by nature smell. doesn't necessarily have a smell there's plenty of acids that do smell like acetic acid or whatever but like they're like it smells like acid i'm like what does that even mean what the fuck because the main the main character in the 90s is supposed to be like the science nerd you sure he didn't say it smells like ass sid (laughs) yeah he's talking to sid he's talking to sydney his girlfriend yeah i don't know (laughs) uh maybe so so that that whole thing gets revealed and uh and basically one of the one of the main characters is this like science geek kid and uh he, he has this bright idea that there's a chemical that they have that reacts with acid that will dye it red. Uh, and it's some kind of like orange orange stain, something like that. So he's like, he's like I don't know. There's something in the pool. Like I, I felt it, you know, brush up against me when I was swimming. It smells like acid. I'm going to pour this into the pool and, and see, you know, what 
what happens, whatever. And so he does this, and he pours it in there, and you just sort of start to see like this reddish kind of, you know, smoky blob kind of thing materializing in the pool. And like him and this other girl and, and I think one of the teachers are all looking over it really closely. And as it, it's it's actually a really cool shot, like it materializes in a way that it doesn't look like anything. It doesn't look like a person yet. And then all of a sudden out of this cloud of red, this like completely perfectly formed like like uh it looks just like this rotting, decayed hand just like shoots up out of the pool and grabs the kid by the shirt. And the kid recoils back and up out of the pool stands like easily one of the best things in this show. Like very, Easy. very creepy. Hands down. Like so friggin' well done. Um, like like this- Tales from the Crypt didn't have monsters that were this scary. And to be fair, n- like almost no other episodes in the show did, but this episode for some reason they they got this giant red like wraith rotting, you know, zombie guy. But he, his face was like skeletal, it looked like he had, you know, no eyes or anything and he had this like really creepy ghoulish mouth and he was just fucking scary as hell. And he rose up out of the pool and they just, you know, bailed out of there. Um, and, and so they actually established that this thing can, can like take a, a completely liquid form and it's actually able to like go and travel through like the water pipes and stuff. And there, there's one scene where they're in like the locker room and they're trying to take care of one of the guys who were like, I don't know, fainted or, or got injured or something like that. And, uh, and it's just like, you see a drain on the floor and you just see like this bubbling, like red liquid just surging out of it. And it just starts to like bubble up and boil over. And then, you know, just the, the zombie thing materializes out of that. And, you know, they basically are like, holy shit, this thing can go anywhere at all. It does as long as there's liquid or or water there. Uh, and then they, they ultimately are able to, to kill the, the, creature by giving it some other chemical that reacts with acids that and they're like here i don't even fucking know it's just here have this chemical it's like you know some deus ex machina thing but it was uh it was a really effective episode and i remember a lot of people saying that it was one of the scariest episodes of the show and you know a, a, a big gimmick with this series was like it was all like goofy scary like in good fun like some of them were more severe than others but it wasn't usually that bad but like this episode like there was a kid who straight up drowned and he died and like this thing was not fucking around and uh it was it was a great episode i would love to be able to actually watch the whole thing but um i think short of buying it i wouldn't be able to find yeah it i out. mean they're they're on uh amazon prime i don't know if it's free or not but i know you can buy episode just one episode like I found cents, that on uh, YouTube. Yeah, I could yeah. pay like four bucks and buy the episode. Um, but so uh, apparently Jay Baruchel was actually the main kid in this episode, the science geek. That's the. Uh, that's Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. What? That's what it says. The science dork is like blonde. Oh, my God. He looks so different. Uh, well, it says he portrayed Joe. Uh, maybe he was the kid who dies at the beginning then? Oh, maybe. Because that kid, I feel like, looked a little more like that guy. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, this show was Canadian, so yeah. Um, you, typically there weren't a lot of actors that I recognized in it. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah. but it's funny, you go back now and there are some people that... Right, you've seen do. in other things, which is, um, which is pretty cool. But actually, uh, I, I have this one just humorous sort of uh, trivia I just, I just read. 
uh, from IMDb about this episode. It says, if the pungent acidic odor smelled of, quote, rotten eggs, as the janitor described, the only acid that comes close to smelling as such is sulfuric acid and would need a stronger base than methyl orange to dilute the pH of the being down to negative 7.0, which is supposed to be what pure water's pH is. Just just to get the, you know, to yeah, be so, anal about so, the science. So water's, water's pH is 7. Um, there's no negative pH. But oh, okay. I, but what's weird is that the methyl orange was what they, they said dyed it so they could actually see it. But the, the way that the, uh, the clip that I kind of watched on YouTube this morning showed it was there was a part in the episode where the chemical got dropped to the bottom of the pool and the girl ha- the the girl that's with them has to swim all the way down to the bottom of the pool and get it hope to god that she doesn't get killed before she gets there and then she brings it back up and then they dump it on the thing so i assumed that was a different chemical cuz the methyl orange just dyed it so that's how they could see it at all but um i i don't know honestly i didn't see the episode but either way they tried to do science they also said it smells like acid. I didn't see him uh, say it smelled like eggs, but that would be that would be a better description than it smells acidy. Uh, yeah, so that's enough about that. But I really like that episode. I think it's definitely worth watching. Um, anybody else have anything else they want to throw into the ring? Nope. Well, I suppose I should share this story of a movie, speaking of like pop culture stuff. And uh, I was eight years old, so I should have been old enough to handle this. But there's this one scene in one movie that everyone else finds so near and dear and beloved in their heart. But this one particular scene freaked the fuck out of me as a kid. And this movie is E.T. I knew you were going to say that. I think you've yeah. told this story. <laughs> I've told you guys this okay, story. Okay, yes. I was going to say, I feel like it's E.T. But now I'm going to like present it to the world because why the fuck not? Do it. It's, just, uh, this, it's the scene where... Well, I guess spoilers, I guess, but, you know, whatever. Uh, It's a scene where, you know, he's very sickly and they, you know, the kids are, like, looking for E.T. and they find him, like, on, like, a riverbank or something or in the field or whatever. And this, just him laying there, he's, like, pale and gross. For some reason, that visage just fucking set off something in my brain and I just started bawling hysterically. Now, keep in mind, my whole family is in that theater. We're at the theater watching this. And I'm freaking bawling my goddamn eyes out. Oh, man. My parents had to physically take me out of the theater and try to calm me down. Holy crap. So I was... I was it just freaked you out. It, it just looked me freaky the as fuck. fuck out. And I was just like unconsolable for about 10, 15 minutes. I did eventually go back into the theater and saw the rest of the movie. But to this day, there's like a good 15 minute chunk in there that I've never seen of this movie. Oh, man. <laughs> to this fucking oh, day. Oh, damn. And I just... Wow. And it's funny because one of my aunts probably like... 25, 30 years ago at this point, uh, got me the movie on VHS for like a, a gift. I don't know if it was my oh, birthday or Christmas. Yeah, it was Christmas. I, think I never, she, she I, got everyone that yeah, movie. I, I never watched it. Never I, I watched never it. I, I don't either. even know where the VHS is now. It's probably in a landfill somewhere. I've never picked up a, never rented it, never picked up a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, or digital copy or whatever, and, and bothered watching it. I've thought about it a couple of times, and I'm like, mm, nah, nah, all set. So, to, so still, one of these days I will have to watch it and just... Fill in that small gap that I missed in between, like him lying on the ground, basically dead, and then wherever I came in, like the the bike flying in silhouette on the moon kind of part. Or whatever. Yeah, it's funny. Like I don't remember that scene, but looking at screenshots of it, he is pretty gross looking and just like really creepy and unsettling because you don't really see him all laid out like that before. So it's he's he's definitely gross. But um, I, yeah, honestly, I, yeah, like I said, I eventually you know like said my parents took me out of the theater. They you know did their best to calm me down and like yeah. 10, probably about a good 10 or so minutes later they brought me back in oh see he's fine he's fine he's fine I was like oh, okay and then I was mm-hmm. fine after that mm-hmm. 
but oh my god yeah. <laughs> everyone else in the theater was like shut that fucking kid up for god's sakes <laughs> <laughs> boss rush was born that day that's Very tough nice. you know who's gonna really really super appreciate that is uh mrs uh mrs ray hall <laughs> Ashes Von Nightmare of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. You can't even say E.T. in her presence, apparently. Just, just. It's possible the Patsy right up her butt. But. Yeah, my, my thing about that, though, was I was eight years old at the time. I, I should have been able to handle that at that point, but uh, no, no, not so much. Nope. Nope. <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to own there it. There was a scene in E.T. that really freaked me out, too. Actually, he, just in general, I didn't, I didn't think that he was cute and cuddly at all i was i was also i was kind of well i was i was scared of him you're waiting for the other foot to drop it's like this dude's not i don't know he not was just, just freaky good. looking to me like in general not just in that scene but the the scene where like they hide not him. mac and me freaky no not mac and me freaky there's uh <laughs> there, there was less coca-cola as well <laughs> and less coke which is which is part of the scary stuff because you need you need coke but you do. Uh, especially since it's the eighties, but get yeah. this man a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the scene where they hide ET in the closet and he's like just a face amidst a bunch of stuffed animals. Oh, and they yeah. kind of make a wall yep. of stuffed animals that freaked me out so fucking bad. And I used to think about like the thought of like looking in my toys or in my, cause I had a ton of stuffed animals when I was a little kid. And the thought of like looking in a pile of stuffed animals and seeing fucking ET's face, right? Like used to get me. And I, you're like, oh, you don't belong in there. Are you real? Yeah, um, freaking out. Yeah. And I remember there was this uh, there was this time they were like uh, doing some promotion at at McDonald's and they were gonna have like characters there, people in costume, and one of them was ET. And I was excited until I found out that ET was gonna be there. And then I was like, hell no, we will not go. I do not want to go to this. I do not take me to this. In no way, shape, or form am I going to be present at this event because I legitimately was scared. It is ET. time to stop. Right there. So a little bit different than why you were bothered, but that did that movie did actually mm. affect me a little bit. But yeah, ET wasn't a movie that I saw until you know way after it originally came out. But all that fright hit me at once, and I I, I bawled like an infant for like you know ten minutes, and then it was gone. Then it was fine. Right. Well, except I'll, for like rewatching it that I've never bothered doing. Getting getting up to that point, and like, you felt uh, nothing ever since. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty true. That was all the emotion, <laughs> all out right there. Because what does it get you? Right, nothing. It gets people behind you in the theater going, shut that fucking kid up. So. It, it gets your parents to take you out of the movie theater. Yeah, it gives, gives your parents a stink eye from everyone else in the goddamn theater. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to be that kid. You don't want to feel. You don't want to feel. That. You don't want to be that fuck kid. That shit. Uh, so, Nintendo, you got anything else that spooked you? Nope, I'm good. All right, you're good. Stone cold. You've never, there's nothing else? I can't think of anything right off the bat, no. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Well, I, I have one. I know, I know, um... I got two more. So so I got two more Par- big ones than like two a more. weird. So half so one. let's throw it over to Parasite. All right, my uh, my second one is going to be a straight up kids movie because Darby O'Gill was like kind of a family friendly movie, but this is just a kids movie, just like ET, and uh, it is a cartoon movie from 1977, produced in Australia. Oh, uh, Australia! It's, it's so. Bear in mind, you know, just a warning. You're probably going to hear another bad accent coming up. But um, so this movie is called Dot in the Kangaroo. And it is a weird friggin' movie um, that combined animated characters with live action backgrounds. 
So they like would they'd film the bush and like excuse me, uh, you heard me, <laughs> and and like then they would put things into in the, the bush. bush. Oh yes. my! In, in this bush. isn't for kids. But they were animated. No, I know it's it's terrifying. But anyway, <laughs> so it really didn't mesh well at all. It's really weird. The outback. Um, so something I did learn doing the research. It was actually um, based on a book of the same name, Dot and the Kangaroo, by Ethel C. Pedley. Uh, which was released in 1899. Holy shit. And it was her only book. This one wow. book. Wow. Yep. Australian kids book. Um, but so anyway, if like as with Darby O'Gill, um, Y'all I'm not alone kids. in right. this thing that terrified me. Um, if you Google Dot and the Kangaroo, the third or fourth or fifth thing will say Dot and the Kangaroo Bunyip. Bunyip. So, yeah, the fucking bunyip scene. It's it's a fairly, it turns out, once the internet hit, because I grew up my entire life thinking I was the only one on the entire planet that was freaked out by this and remembered it or anything, but it, it's that's just not the case. So uh, it's kind of... It's kind of infamous. It is the clip is on YouTube. If you look up Dot and the Kangaroo Bunyip, there's a song that goes with it. And uh, just just some some general knowledge. The Bunyip is a mythical creature from Aboriginal mythology. It's said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, and pretty much anywhere that's like not dry. So you know, I like some moisture. The coast, the um, bush. And in this particular episode, or I sh- I should say sequence. Um, the kangaroo is like this protective character who's, um, the basic story is she's found this little lost girl out in the bush named Dot, named Dot, and, uh, she's protecting her and, and the kangaroo has lost her baby. So she, you know, adopts Dot as a surrogate and, um, you know, sort of is trying to get her home and she puts her in her pouch and stuff. And it's supposedly the sweet story, but there's this one fucking part. That she tells her this story about the bunyip. And she says that there's this monster that they say, you know, ruled the, you know, roamed the, the waterways and, and stuff. And people used to be afraid of it. And, she, and Dot's like, he's like, oh, really? What's the way is the bunyip? And I, that was a terrible, that was more English. I don't know. Tell like, me about the, the bunyip. <laughs> no. 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 Like, that, I, I got to get the no right to get it. No. Um. No, I don't want... <laughs> I can't do it. Anyway. Oh, I don't want to know crikey! about the bunyip. Um, so, so, anyway, they go into this sort of musical sequence that it, the, the animation, it looks like cave paintings. Yeah, that's uh, a good way to put it's it. It's all, like, very different from the rest of the, the movie. And the animation, the, like, the frame rate is way different, Really too. slow, like, really it's low. It's really slow, yeah, and choppy. they sort of just kind of dissolve between the two frames. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. one frame to the next just dissolves. So it's really stylistically very jarring for the rest of the movie. And this creature sort of just looks like a humanoid, but with a tall, lumpy head that's got two eyes, no nose, and a big, you know, downturned, fanged maw. Big fangs. It's, it's, it's white. It's solid, pure white, but it has, like, brown spots. And that's pretty much it. Like, looking at it now, I still think it's creepy. But when I watch the sequence, it's like, there's nothing scary about it. But, oh, my God. This fucking thing like and i remember renting this this movie a number of times just to keep being like it's not that scary is it and it's one of those things where when you're a kid and you do that because everybody's done that yep you rent a thing like a million times or you watch a thing a million times guess what your parents get sick of watching it with you so eventually it's just you by yourself watching thing alone so i would always get super scared when this would happen and i would always be like by myself and i'd like hide under the blanket and i was like 
so afraid of the bunyip. So um, there, th- I think that like the tune also creeped me out because it is a creepy, you know, dissonant sort of you know minor tune, and uh, also it's um, it has like this almost like with the banshee has like this omnipresent roaring sound. Yeah, that's kind of always there. So it's almost like when the thing appears, you're gonna hear that roaring sound mm-hmm. for the entire song. And like it it really bothered me. So when it would finally be over, I'd be like, it it felt like I was done running. Like, oh, thank God. Like my my heart was was racing and stuff, and it was just like, I'm through it. I'm through it. I'm through it. And the, and and like literally, it's it's really like one of those weird things. You know, I was a little kid, but the bunyip from Dot and the Kangaroo, oh my god. But yeah. Clearly, it's not just me because Google, Google Dot and the Kangaroo, see how far down Bunyip is. Yeah, very, very creepy, very unsettling. And it's extra creepy because it's not something that you're super familiar with. It's not like Bigfoot or something. It's like the Bunyip. What even is that? You know, it's it's not a, a character or a, a creature that, you, that you've heard of a lot. So the, the way that they depicted it, even though on paper, it's it's pretty simplistic. Like it, it is a very creepy sequence and it's just weird and unsettling. And yeah, the, the song, oh, the Bunyip's gonna get you. It's just... Very like, ugh. yeah. And uh, uh, also worth mentioning is in the new Godzilla film, Godzilla King of the Monsters, where they sort of go around and you you find out that there's like all these different uh, Titan monsters that have like you know risen up from from their their hiding spots around the world. One of them on the screen is actually they're all Titanus something like Titanus Gojira, Titanus Mosuda, and uh, one of them actually is Titanus Bunyip. That's so kind of kind of neat. Probably we from, don't know what he looks like. It's one Australia. of the ones that was not seen. Damn. But it was mentioned. I want to see on, that shit. It was, Yeah, me too. I, I got to see, see Titanus Bunyip. Um, it better be white and covered in brown spots. That's oh, all I'm saying. No kidding, right? Okay. So uh, I do want to move on to some of our next segments. Um, but before I do that, I want to also quickly mention a, a movie that scared me later in life um, in the 2000s was The Grudge. I actually found that movie to be super... Oh, that's right. So Steve Steve has one more really good thing that he needs to mention too. Um, But uh, just to break things up, so The Grudge actually was a movie that I did not expect to be super creeped out by. Um, I remember me and Parasite Steve went and saw it. We liked Sarah Michelle Gellar. We were all interested in seeing a movie with her, um, you know, cool new horror movie with, with SMG. And uh, as the kids don't say, as the kids don't say. And so I, I saw that movie and was thoroughly creeped out by it uh, the entire time. I don't feel like there's a movie that I have felt more stressed out and tense throughout and actually stayed with me for like probably months after that. And just just the thought of the creepy vocal fry sound that the kids were making just the. Well, it was just the killing, go- the, the evil ghost. Yeah, the, it, was the, just, just, it was it was the kid and the well, girl, the kid right? meowed. Oh, right, the boy meowed. The boy meowed, but the girl, right? Was, but the girl, the girl, freaky. yeah. But, but but both were very unsettling. Mm-hmm. But the, but the vocal fry thing really bugged me. And I remember I was I, I remember being on the bus going to school, and I would just like hear that sound. And if I if I like if I made that sound or like thought about it too much, like I would really get freaked out. And I remember just being 
like I would go to sleep at night and be afraid that I would hear that sound. And it was just like this super dumb, irrational fear of like, holy fuck, I'm way too old for this. But, but it's, it, it's it, the same thing with like the, it, the, the things I was mentioning, like the Banshees yes, wail right. and the Bunyip's roar. Because it's you're, like you're afraid something of about hearing that. Like that, sound that the is sound component effective. is so, so an extra layer of fear. And it really, really messed with me. And it's funny because like, you know, pretty much anybody else my age, I don't think really got that creeped out by that movie. But man, it, it, really bugged the shit out of me and the uh i think it was also probably the first japanese horror movie i'd seen and they definitely have like a different level of horror that is not it's it's not necessarily gore it's not necessarily i mean it, it can be but it's not necessarily yeah, that movie like, is kind of gory <laughs> yeah but it, it's it's also just this like psychological fear and like stars <laughs> like opening up the closet and just seeing like the kid up in the top of the closet, like staring down at you and it just, it's just like, Oh my God. It like fucking freaks me out. So I, I, I bought that movie and I've watched it since. And it is honestly, I think a really great movie. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> totally freaked me out. Definitely still kind of bugs me. Uh, I think a lot of people had that, uh, had, uh, a similar in- interaction with the ring uh which was not necessarily a movie i found scary at all but uh, i think a lot of people kind of had a similar it feeling good, to that it had good atmosphere there were some it scenes did. that were tense i thought it did for sure I, I i definitely liked the movie but i don't think at any point i did i feel like super creeped out by that but hey you know teach their own but uh yeah so i guess that's my piece on the grudge so cool, parasite cool. steven i so, would like you to to wrap up the wrap segment, up segment then uh, yeah, if yeah. nobody has anything else um, I had this, uh, you know, exactly like the way boss rush mode said about the drill. Like he had this memory of a scene that, that stuck with him, but he didn't actually know what it was from or anything like that. He just never forgot the scene. So for my whole friggin' life, now I, I remembered the bunyip was from dot and the kangaroo. I remembered all that stuff. Like this was just like images in my mind. And it was something about, all I remembered was there was a kid lying in bed and something, there was somebody like standing over him and did something to the kid and the kid started screaming and then he looked down at his feet and his feet shriveled up like the Wicked Witch of the East and then his hands shriveled up and sucked into his sleeves and he's still screaming and his chest caves in and then his fucking face caves in because it's empty and he's just nothing. Literally, and that all his flesh just crumples away in it like implodes in itself and there's a and then sh- oh my god I, there's a shot with like his eyes roll back into his head and then his cheeks sunk in, and it's just like it, his, his face becomes a rubber mask and it just like sucks in and on itself implodes and like oh my god this scene so so asking you the listener right now does anybody out there know what this is does anybody know the scene with a little kid and his first his feet, then his hand, then his chest, then his head, and he's screaming the whole friggin' time. What could this possibly be? Well, for um, quite a long time, I had no clue. And in fact, it, it had occurred to me that I wondered if it was from V, actually. Oh, okay. Because V actually freaked me out, too. Mm-hmm. That was with this, for the same reason. The, the, the skin coming off and everything, like, it was, it was freaky. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my whole life, I was like, I am never ever gonna figure this out. Um, but I wonder maybe if it's from V. I don't. I just. I don't know. 
Like maybe they did something on that show when people found out they were lizards or something. I just, I didn't know. So anyway, uh, years, years and years, years go by. Anyway, I did figure it out. And it's all thanks to a website, which was the inspiration for this episode, right? Yep. Uh, so it's, it's called kindertrauma.com. And it is devoted to basically what we're talking about. Like things that scared the crap out of you from TV and movies when you were a kid. And a lot of it is like people saying like, hey, I have this, this memory do you guys know what this is? And then all these, all the members of Kinder right, Trauma like are like a sounding board for like, yeah, does anyone exactly? This and thing? then they'll be like, Oh, I think you're talking about this. I think you're talking about this. Right. So somebody actually talked about this exact scene and it turns out it is from a TV movie. Um, wait, let me get my notes here. A TV movie from 1983 starring Nancy Allen from RoboCop. And, uh, the movie is called Strange Invaders. And this is basically a really crappy TV alien invasion movie that fails on all levels except this one scene. This one scene is so goddamn good and so effective. Like, to the, like I finally, when I figured it out, when I read that that was it, it's this movie, Strange Invaders, I'm like, oh my God, it all came crashing back like a flood. I'm like, oh, I can't, but like, that is it. That is it. Every single beat, Such his a feet, his hands, his chest, his feeling. head, every single thing. Oh my God, this is absolutely 100% it, no question. So I, I, you know, tracked down, tracked myself down a copy. Like, I think they actually had it on Netflix, like before Netflix was streaming, it was like in the, uh, you know, subscription, send you a DVD thing. And like, yeah, so I got it in and I made this big deal and 8-Bit Alchemy came over and we watched it and it sucked. Boring as sin. So fucking boring. But that scene. Holy shit. Oh my God. It's not that okay. scene does not fuck around. It's and not okay. Like this kid just gets melted and it's fucking graphic the whole time. Like it is so unbelievable. You can't believe they went there. And it is... It is so well done. It's like, how, where did the budget? How did who even right. knew what they were doing? The rest of the movie sucks so hard. And and the craziest part is, it's really unnecessary and sort of doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie because the movie is actually not really scary. And it turns out at the end that the movie that the um, I mean the aliens are actually good, and that they've gone around town like. What they do is they they do this process to people, and they this horrible thing happens, but we only I think see it. On this little kid. It happens to him, but I think they do it to like everybody in town and they end up turning into a ball of light. And that part I did not remember at all. I remembered him screaming and, and you know, imploding, but they turn into balls of light and then they kind of collect them and they, they move on and you sort of don't know what they're doing. And then at the end, it's revealed that something really bad was ha- going to happen. I can't remember. Something bad was going to happen to the town. They're like collecting everybody to keep them safe. And then when the thing happens, everything's okay. It's all clear. All right, everybody can come out. And then they let all the balls of light go and they turn into people and everybody is fine. So nobody dies. The aliens are good guys. They're your pals. Yet for some reason, they decided to, you know, throw in the most horrifying fucking scene and do it not to a grown up, but a little kid. Right, right. It's just so weird. Very gruesome. So anyway, no Strange Invaders. Oh my God, that movie sucks. But holy shit, that one scene unbelievable that one scene um so yes um that's awesome i i loved that everybody had really great things nintendo's just a steely 
cold son of a bee. Yep. Nothing he just doesn't give a care. Mofo. That's the problem. Uh, I'm, he, like the, I'm like the honey badger. I don't give he, a shit. He is just like the honey badger. He doesn't give a shit. It's because he has the power of Shabibin. He does have the power of a good old-fashioned Shabibin. That's right. When you see that darkness coming towards you, you know, you, you turn, you raise your fist, and you Shabibin, and you're fine. Sham, bam, bam. <laughs> So I want to move on to the next uh, section. It's just Unless... real, real, real quick. Uh, something I just realized yeah, just now, and everyone else in the world probably already realized this, but not me because whatever. Uh, the name of the movie I mentioned earlier was E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, what does E.T. stand for? Extraterrestrial. So the movie's called Extraterrestrial the Extraterrestrial? Right. It's like ATM machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or uh, UPC number. Yeah. Or UPC code, UPC rather. code, right. <laughs> That's really weird. E.T. the so, Extraterrestrial. It's like, yep. It's we, like we uh, it. Theodore, Theodore Logan. <laughs> right, Ted Theodore, Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> right. That, in that case, that's his nickname, right? Like Theodore. But well, that, no, because the, that doesn't make the sense. middle thing would yeah, be the nickname. Theodore is the yeah. long version. If anything, it would be Theodore Ted Logan. Ted Logan, right, yeah. That's so weird. Um, okay, so let's, uh, let's segue here into things that scared us in real life. Shit that actually happened to us that freaked us out. Now... I don't have a ton here to talk about, but there is definitely a specific moment I want to I want to talk about. Um, I remember I was actually at home with Parasite Steven, and I I was we were we were watching something on TV. I was on the couch. Steve was sitting in the chair, and we were sitting there, whatever. And we had decorated in the in the corner of our living room. We had this wind chime. That was, it was up in the corner of our living room, just, just purely for decoration. Obviously there's no wind in here. Um, and there was no windows open. There was nothing, there's nothing open, no, you know, gust of air, anything like that. And we're sitting here watching TV and out of fucking nowhere, the wind chime explodes. Like someone just came over to it and slapped it as hard as humanly possible. And it it made so much noise. It was shaking so violently that there was no way it was just like a little something that impacted it or something that was like, you know, like a moth, like, or a, like a moth or like a mouse that maybe ran by because it was, you know, over this like little overhang that we had with some, you know, like random little statuettes and stuff up there. It was such an incredible impact that it made no sense at all. And to this day, it still freaks me out because I don't know what the fuck that was. And it made absolutely no logical sense to occur at all there's no wind no windows open no reason for that to have happened it wasn't a gentle gust and it was shaking for minutes afterwards it wasn't like it was just you know a trick and i'm remembering it wrong like it a hundred percent happened like it took that long to come to yeah full like rest. It, it, it really took that long for it to finally like settle down and i remember steve and i just being like that was weird as fuck and not really talking about it any further but it really freaked me out because i have no good explanation for what just happened very very weird very unsettling um yeah so that kind of stuff i think is fascinating and super interesting and i was wondering if you guys had any other uh kind of personal accounts of stuff that really kind of freaked you out i sure have one go for it i don't remember how old i was i was probably about eight or again eight years old you know but um i remember one time and thankfully it was only the one time i had a little about a sleep paralysis or awakened after sleep paralysis i don't know but i remember just you know waking up one day and i just couldn't open my eyes at all i'm like what's going on i was i wanted to say something but i couldn't say anything either because i couldn't move my mouth oh man and so i'm like so i'm sitting there and i'm like oh 
uh, like just just lightly groaning because I could, just couldn't shit. muster. Yeah. And I remember I could move my arms because I remember trying to pry my mouth open with my fingers, what? trying to get myself to like being able to open my mouth right. to say something. And th- it only lasted probably about 10, 15 seconds total. But my God, did that feel like That's an hour. That's freaking terrifying. Holy wow. shit. I was just like, oh, what is going on? And then I could finally open my eyes. And yeah. I was like afraid to sleep for a long time yeah, after that. Because I was like, really holy crap. Because oh what if that happens again? Yeah, right. I don't want that. What yeah, if it man. happens worse? It's oh, like, seriously. oh my Lord. That, was, wow. yeah. that, that freaked me the fuck yeah, out. Sleep paralysis is freaking scary. You know, it's like when your brain wakes up before your muscles actually have. And before like your brain is like you know properly communicating to the rest of your body and it's just like you know a weird glitch like that that shouldn't happen right and your brain should just you know wake everything up at the same time but like what you know one part of it is you know active and the rest of you isn't yet and it's so yeah. freaky but I my mean, arms could move right which is which is crazy <laughs> so, so there must be some part of it that was that was working and it's oh, very so very unsettling it was it was bizarre freaky that's, shit that's messed up freaky shit I've never experienced that, thankfully. No sleep paralysis. That sounds, that sounds I, really I don't scary. recommend it. Yeah. That sounds really scary. That's spooky. That's spooky. Nintendo. I mean, if it happened to me like two weeks ago, like, oh, this, this sucks, and then, okay, whatever. But I was pretty young when this happened, yeah. so it freaked yeah, me the hell out. definitely. Right. Nintendo? Um, yeah, I got, I got a couple. Uh, one was pretty freaky, and other one's just like one of those what-the-fuck moments. But mm-hmm. um, this one time, I was in my room. This was like... For those who don't know, my brother passed away a long time ago, and this happened like maybe uh, a couple of years um, after his passing. So I was home alone, and I was in the middle of doing something. I think I was like reading on a computer or something, and uh, and I heard my name being called in my brother's voice. Whoa! And I'm like, now I wasn't like half asleep or anything. I was yeah. wide the fuck awake yeah. when this happened, and that really freaked me out. Whoa! And I'm like, is my my ears playing tricks on me yeah. or or like what? what's going on like there. what the hell just fucking happened okay. and this Whoa. happened more than once holy shit yeah so yeah that was like yeah what wow what the fuck no kidding jeez and uh this other time i was again by myself and i'm in the basement now my my basement does not have windows and I am at the computer in the basement and I see, you know, like, like when at nighttime, when, you, when cars drive by, you see like the headlights going like across the wall yep. as I drive, drive by. That's what happened in my fucking basement with no windows. Yeah, that's a should I'm be like, impossible. There's no no way for that it wasn't light like, to have it come It wasn't from. like, no, like over here, it's like, oh, my eyes are playing tricks. I'm, it was like, no, it's like here. Yeah, yeah, it's like in front of you. Right in, in front, front of you. Of like, and there's nowhere for that light to have <laughs> come like, from. Nothing like, moved. Like, we don't have windows, right? Right. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, we don't have windows. No one, no <laughs> one ran by with a flashlight. Like, what the hell? Right. So fucking bizarre. Wow. So freaking creepy. Yeah. My house is haunted. Yeah, it's just unsettling. <laughs> it's just stuff yeah. like that. It really yeah. gets to you. Freaky shit. I don't yeah. remember you ever talking about that where you heard when you heard uh, your brother's voice. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it to my parents, but wow. I thought I told you guys, but probably not. Probably oh, that's, not. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Though. Really, that's really crazy. crazy. I mean, um, I can understand if I was like... I was in bed, like falling asleep. You know, yeah, sometimes you kind of like tricks like, on you, like whatever. But dream no, kind of thing. It's I like am weird. wide the fuck awake. Yeah, you're, you're totally just alert. fucking sitting there doing whatever, and his voice. Yeah, it's like what the fuck? So weird, man. Wow, that's 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 kind of cool, actually. Um, cool and creepy. Yeah, totally. Um, Parasite Steve, what about you? So mine is like way worse than all of yours is. <laughs> oh boy, all all he uses guys is guys oh, better ones. Oh boy. 
Um, pretty much the only thing I, I guess I could come up with. This really freaked me out. Uh, it was in high school. Joe, you'll you'll probably remember this. Um, so there was this one night I woke up and like I was kind of stretching and I heard this loud pop in my neck and it was so loud. It's like, you know, like somebody had snapped right in my ear or uh, something like like loud, really, <laughs> right. really loud. Right. Like, oh, wait. No, I can't. You're <laughs> <laughs> like really loud really for right. yeah <laughs> Greg, Greg you do it you do it. Yeah. Oh, oh. it was like that it was like that in my neck sorry headphone users and uh and instantly my head just fell back on my pillow like I was I woke up in the middle of the night like was having a stretch and then pop and then boom my head's on the pillow I could not move my head I couldn't move it at all. In fact, it freaked me out so bad, kind of like you were saying, Boss Rush, I was actually like with my hands trying to lift my head. Did your whole because, head feel numb? Uh, no, okay. it did not feel numb, okay. but the pain in my neck was so excruciating, I could not move my head at all. So like I tried to lift my head and, and I with my hands and I like kind of couldn't really do it. And so I'm like, I resigned myself to just lie there and there's nothing I can do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna lay down, lay here, and see what happens in the morning. But I was literally laying there, going, "Oh my god, I just broke my neck." Right. Because in, it was in my sleepy I stupor. I broke that. my. Neck. It was. It was so friggin' painful and sudden, and all from like just a stretch in the middle of the night. So I went to the doctor the next day, and uh, it turns out that. Like, all that happened was I did something to put one of my muscles in spasm. So, like, the doctor explained it. He's like, basically, you're, think of your neck muscle as a hand, but right now it's uh, the tightest fist it could ever fist, and it is like, it will not open. It will not let go. That, that fist is just constantly just, just making diamonds in the palm of that hand because that's what's happening. He's like, so... So really all we can do is give you muscle relaxers, but um, it's going to take a while. So uh, yeah, it did take a while. In fact, it was about like two months. Do you remember? I couldn't look straight Yeah. for like months. Yeah. Holy I couldn't shit. look straight. What? I had to walk around legitimately looking to my right or maybe it was my left. I can't remember now. I feel like maybe it was my left because I think it happened on my right side of my neck. And so I was like walking around through school like a friggin' chode, just like couldn't look straight. And I'm, you know, le- legitimately months before I could look straight again. Now it like got better week by week and I could get closer to center. And then finally I could look straight, but I couldn't look to the right. It was so long <laughs> before I could just friggin' be normal again. It was ridiculous, all from this random thing that happened. So the whole thing really sucked, but oh my God, the, the night that it happened and I was laying there legitimately, not exaggerating, I thought I broke my neck. It's really friggin' scary, actually, now that you mentioned those kind of weird moments that you have when you wake up in, in like, you know, in, in that instance, I've never had something like that happen, but where, you know, you fall asleep on your arm in a certain way and it just feels like it doesn't exist anymore. Like there's, there's numb, there's, oh, my foot fell asleep. And then there's like, oh my fucking God, it's how not long, on my body anymore. How long have I been cutting off the circulation to my arm? At what point is my arm going to not 
come back. Like, it can't not have blood for that long. Right. Like, I've totally wondered this, too. Because if I fell asleep and then, like, an hour in, you know, I laid on it in such a way and then I didn't wake up for, like, seven hours or something, like, oh, my God, did I just deprive my entire left arm of, of blood for fucking seven hours? Like, am I going to wake up with a dead arm? Like, fucking necrotic? Like, what's going to happen? Because there's totally... Nothing. Are you going to be, like, a red corpse monster that yeah, smells like acid? I know. I'm going to be an acid-smelling <laughs> corpse man. And I friggin', like... There'll be have times to thread, where throw some red orange, some on methyl you. orange. Yeah. I I literally was like, oh my god, I can't feel my arm to the point where I don't even. I'm not even aware that it exists. Like if I were to just be like, what am I aware of that's currently like movable? It's like the, my left arm's not an option. Like it is no longer on my body. It's, it's off the board. It's off the board. I I I would actually touch it with my other arm and lift it and it feels like I was holding nothing. Like it it is such a creepy feeling and it's almost akin to like, you know, phantom limb where like somebody loses an arm or something and it's like, you know, it, it's like the opposite of that where it's like I have it but I can't feel it. These people don't have the limb and they still can feel it and it's just like this super creepy disconnect. That kind of stuff does bother me a lot, and I never even really considered it something scary, like, traditionally, but yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think that will wrap up this segment. I had mentioned up at the top that I wanted to talk about nightmares, but I think uh, the best way to do this is for this to become our week's Octoponder This. So I want you guys all to at us, talk to us, tell us what you found to be Pelt your... us with oranges unmerciful. yes. Throw the fruit, throw the produce, be the produce thrower that you've always dreamt. I want you to tell me what your scariest nightmare was, um, or at least one that you really remember, one that really bothered you. I think everybody had had, at some point in time, something that really bothered them that they dreamt about, and uh, we are going to take a short break and uh, talk about that when we come back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the hosts, hosts of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we, and we will, will see, see you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Bloodworks Scriptorium, the new album from Enchanted Exile. Eleven pulse-pounding heavy metal tracks, including Embrace Oblivion, Cold Spell, On Widow's Hill, and I Am the Void. Bloodworks Scriptorium. Available now on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you get your digital music. So, go get it. Hey, are you ready to do some thinking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Welcome back, everybody. All right. 
We've asked you all this week's Arc to ponder this question, which was, what is the scariest nightmare you've ever had? Or at least one that was memorable in a way that still scares you. Does uh, it I have want... to be a nightmare? Because it, could it be a nightmare? It could be a nightmare. Oh, good. In fact, it might be. But uh, yeah, so I think we're all just going to roundtable this bad, Larry. Um, I, I had a few nightmares picked out, but I, I'm going to just stick to one. Uh, so there was actually a, a dream I had that was really, it was kind of obscure. I don't really remember exactly what happened in it. All I remember was that what ultimately ended up happening scared me so bad that I was afraid to fall asleep in my bedroom for like years because I didn't know why it happened. I didn't know what the deal was. And I, I didn't know if it was because of where I was sleeping or what, but basically all, all that really took place was I, I was in like a, a dungeon, you know, there was like cobblestone and all this other stuff in, in jail cells and, and what have you. And there was a skeleton that was on the ground and it was, you know, it was just laying there. No big deal. And I walked, you know, I was, I was moving past it. I was walking past it and it stood up and it grabbed me and it pulled me directly into its face and it just screamed in my face as loud as humanly possible. And I woke up hearing the scream in my ear. Holy shit. I woke up still being able to hear the echoes of it completely awake. Completely eyes open awake in my room, and I could still hear it echoing in my ear. Well, and that's, I'm like, that's, that's the uh, dream reverb that you're hearing. The dream reverb? Re- reverb. reverb. Oh, dream reverb. Yeah. Uh, dream reverb. <laughs> verb, 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 verb. <laughs> yeah. So uh, needless to say, it scared the ever-loving shit out of me. And I was, I, I don't know, I was maybe like eight or nine or ten somewhere in that range and i did not know what to do with myself like i was super scared to fall asleep in my room i actually for a very long time slept on a mattress in my mom's bedroom on the floor because i was so scared to sleep in my bedroom because i was literally afraid of that dream happening again and it freaked me out so friggin' bad um there's maybe been one or two other times where i've had a dream with that like dream reverb but Visages that will scare you through the night. <laughs> and man, did that freak me the shit out. I never had that dream again. Um, there were plenty of nightmares I had that did recur and and really did bother me. But that one, man, I, I don't think anything affected me more than that one. That screwed with me. Um, wow, damn. Yeah, yeah, real freaky shit. Uh, I will, again, again, sound as a weapon. Yeah, man. I, I know. I, I honestly think so many things that are scary to me are, are sound based, like uh, mm-hmm. friggin' fire alarms, or or you know, hearing like a uh, an air raid siren. Like just the implication of the sound is scary, but also the sound itself is so disturbing. Or like when you're walking downtown and all of a sudden you hear Godzilla. Also bad. Yeah. And you're like, oh my, oh that's this bad. You're like, oh no, they say he's got to go. <clears throat> Go, go, Godzilla. Or you so, go to an Iron Maiden show and just listen to Bruce Dickinson scream. He no, did, that's he, awesome. Because he, he, he's the air raid siren. Yeah, but that's awesome. It's, you're, thinking, you're thinking of the other kind of air raid. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aces high. <laughs> See, yeah, he is an air raid siren. Um, okay, <laughs> let's pass this torch. Um, boss Fresh mode. Hi. Hello. Hi, Hi friend. Hello. Hi. Hi. How do? I do okay. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me about your spooky dream. My 
my nightmare, I'm living it every day of my life. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's too, life itself. No, too no, real. no, no, oh, no. Uh, no, this is one recurring nightmare I had for quite some time as a youth. And I was, I mean, you- it's probably not the most glamorous or like spooky to everyone else. It might seem just kind of like, you know, milk toast. Hey, man, that's But I don't okay. know. I just that's always okay. was afraid of being possessed by a devil or some sort of evil spirit. Like, I don't know la- where it originated from. A la The if- Exorcist? Maybe. I don't know. I don't recall specifically where the idea just popped into my head. Okay. But for some reason, for like, I want to say a solid year, like yeah. every night I would have these nightmares about being possessed by the devil. Shit. So I was like, I don't know. It just kind of, you know, it would, you know, kind of ruin my day in the first half because I would always wake up kind of like you know, anxious and shit. But then, you know, obviously it would pass and I'd just go through the, you know, the rest of my day, whatever. But then, you know, going back to sleep, it's like, oh, God, I don't want to have that stupid dream again. But then I would, for the longest time, I would, I would still, you know, keep having those dreams. Wow. And Freaky. like I said, I think it went on for like a solid year. Yeah. But then eventually, you know, it just, it just passed like things do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just for a while, it's like, oh, yeah, all right. I didn't even think about it. Right, didn't even think then, about it. Then, out of all the fucking shows, I was watching an episode of Danger Mouse. And then, like, in this particular episode, there was, like, a, a devil version of Danger Mouse. And for some reason, bam, right back. Oh, it was, like, another shit. month another month it, full of those dreams. Holy crap. Wow. I'm, like, triggered fucking, you again. Yeah, I was, like, what the fuck? A cartoon, really? Fuck yeah. Off. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I blame Danger Mouse, too. You know what I blame? I blame Penfold. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it was totally that asshole. Damn. Wow. That is crazy, though, because, actually, that is a creepy phenomenon that wait happened. Wait a minute. Are you eating cake? No. Yes, I'm eating cake. You sound I, like you sound I, like, I have cake mouth. You sound exactly like the Carvel ice cream guy. Oh. Fart- With a name like Schmucker's Raspberry. Fudgy the whale. Fudgy the whale. I like to eat when I podcast. Um, so something I think is really creepy is the thought of eating and cake phenomenon in of bed. eating cake in bed because that's With actually Penfold for Danger Mouse. Nope, that's that's just good. I don't know about Penfold, but cake in bed, good times. But the thought that you can have a dream that really bothered you a lot as a kid, and then it goes away for 10, 15 years, and then out of fucking nowhere you have it again, um, that has actually happened to me, probably not since high school, but I, I definitely have had that instance where something triggered it, came back, and out of nowhere I'm like, oh my god, I haven't thought about this scary thing in so long, this still really bothers me, holy shit. Uh, yeah, that is, it is crazy what your brain can come up with. Because nobody knows what you're afraid of better than your own brain. Right. What it regurgitates and mm-hmm. what it does not forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Nintendo. Okay. So uh, this, again, goes back to uh, my brother's death. Um, I had this really, really, really bad nightmare that he was out to kill me. Whoa. And uh, don't know why. Uh, why I would even dream this as, no, why would anyone dream these nightmares anyways? Right. Um, yeah, he was out to kill me and. And uh, I literally woke up to the feeling of his hands going through my back. What? And and I woke up. My back was like, I was like arched. And I woke up and I can feel the tension where where his hands were. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And I stayed like that, that for like five like, minutes. Like, that sounds like a night terror where you actually had like a physical reaction to yes, that. Yes, yeah. Holy Dude. shit. It was really weird. And I woke up thinking like, did he like fucking hate me before he died? Like, I felt like fucking shit. Like vengeful spirit or something. Yeah. Shit. Oh my God. That is really yeah, scary. So, and that, that stayed with me yeah. to this day. Like, 
Man. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, that's only happened that one time. But. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That Something like that. I, I've not actually experienced anything like that. That's really crazy. Ugh. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Folks. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is like, you know, like I said, insane what your subconscious is able to come up with and how it can twist things like that. You know, it's like some of the scariest stuff I've ever experienced has been in dreams. And when I was trying to come up with ideas for this episode, all like the first five or six things I wrote down were all scary dreams. And I was like, man, I I feel like I'm the scariest shit in my life. What the fuck? Um, So yeah, really creepy creepy very creepy phenomena. um parasite steve let's let's hear from okay you. once again i have to follow that <laughs> sorry no that's okay go for it mine is really fucking ridiculous so maybe it's better that we end on something ludicrous yeah man of course yeah it's, it's really like i could share a real quick dream after yours that's you know more humorous than anything else but it does does involve a horror director okay <clears throat> Um, so this, I, I'll, my only, the only thing I, I will say, I hope you guys take me at my word when I say I am not going to embellish anything. Okay. I'm not going to exaggerate. This is all one for one or anything. This is exactly how I remember this dream. And I only had it one time. I was probably five years old or so. I was very young, but it just seared itself into my brain. I never forgot it. And I promise you, I am not embellishing. So just please take me at my word on that. In my dream, I woke up, went down the hall, went into the bathroom. And apparently, because sometimes my dreams will have backstory, In the dream, not that I experienced this, but I had memories of a news broadcast that had happened that I had heard about how this this killer monster was on the loose, um, and it was a werewolf that uh, was silver, but when the light hit its fur just so, it kind of refracted the light like a prism, and you saw like rainbows on its fur, kind of like oil. And uh, so it was called the Rainbow Wolf. Very scary name. Boo, dude. So the Rainbow <laughs> Wolf was on the prowl. I know you guys are already judging me, and that's fine. I get Rainbow it. This is Wolf this was is, uh, on the prowl. I, I'm telling you, this is ridiculous. This is fucking, I deserve this. So bring it, is all I'm saying. It's fine. I can't so, say shoot, I credit it to you. So the Rainbow Wolf, uh, I wake up in my dream... You know, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, that, that's not what I meant to say. I, in my dream, I, I, yeah, it felt like I woke up. I was in the dream. I went down the hall, went to the bathroom, and I'm thinking about the rainbow wolf. And, oh, there, there, there was something else, though. See, the rainbow wolf doesn't walk around. He drives a little pink two-dimensional cartoon car. Okay? It's two-dimensional. <laughs> yep. And it zooms around, like, walls i guess so in so i'm I'm using the i'm using the bathroom and i'm doing i'm doing my business and then i hear a car noise and i'm like oh no and i look over and there's a pink car driving on the wall above the door it was really super small (laughs) oh no and it stops and i'm like my heart is in my throat and i'm like oh my god Oh my God, I said, it's the rainbow wolf. What am I going to do? So I think, well, maybe there's a towel. 
my brain says. Maybe there's a towel and I can drape it over myself like a Pac-Man ghost and he'll think that I'm a ghost and that therefore a monster and his friend and then he won't harm me. He'll be like, oh, hey, you're just a ghost. You're cool. Oh, hey, cool ghost. But guess what? I turn around. No towels to be found in the bathroom. I'm like, well, maybe I can use the shower curtain. There's no shower curtain in the shower. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, the car door, it's opening. The door, that little pink two-dimensional door, it was opening and I could hear it and I could I could see the little two-dimensional door and it was swinging open and there was the, the blackness, the void of the interior of that pink two-dimensional car is just gaping at me like a, like a maw, a maw from friggin' beyond and out of it steps this giant, Gigantic, impossible, eight-foot-tall, silver werewolf that has rainbow freaking shiny stuff on his end of his fur, and it's all kind of pretty, but he's really scary. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And so I'm like, I look down, and like, oh, there's no towels, but there's a bath mat. I'm like, well, oh, God, this isn't going to work at all. And I, I'm like, screw it, this is all I can do. So I, I'm going to go with my ghost plan. It's all I got. So I, I, I grab the bath mat, I put it over my head right before he comes out. And, and I, I'm standing there looking like a kid wearing a bath mat on his head. Not very ghost-like <laughs> at all, but just, just a very blatant kid in a bath mat. But you're trying. It's all I had. And so then the werewolf, this, this, the rainbow wolf, it steps towards me. It takes another step, and it's towering over me, and I can see in its eyes, its dark, dead eyes, that it knows that I'm just a kid in a bath mat, and I can't do a goddamn thing to stop it from eating me. And so I said, screw the bath mat. I, I, I throw it down, and then I, I dashed the entire foot behind me to the wall where the bathtub is, and I don't know. There, I, I decided I was going to run the water. I, I don't exactly know what that was supposed to do. But as soon as I, I, I turned that, I could feel his hand, those claws, that gigantic hand grabbed me in my side. And I could feel those claws entering between my ribs. And instantly, I was frozen and my whole body felt like it was numb with like the pain of when you, you know, when your foot falls asleep. But like your whole body, and it was just this... Just like, oh my god, it was such a hit. And I just fell into unconsciousness and slowly woke up. And that's the dream I never forgot. And scene. And scene. (laughs) That dream is so absurd, but also fucking scary because in the moment, you are gonna die. Like... All the ridiculous bullshit trappings of the pink two-dimensional car and this giant wolf fitting in there. It's like, it didn't matter to you because at the time, that shit was super friggin' scary and the wolf is gonna kill you. Silver Rainbow Wolf is out for blood. Exactly. And it's like all the crazy dumb shit doesn't actually matter. And remember, I was five. I mean, I was, I was probably five. Five or six. I mean, Rainbow Wolf Maybe was totally I was four. Scary. I mean, I was really, really young. Man. This could be a Goosebumps episode. Oh my god! Really, it's, really it's, weird. It shouldn't be. <laughs> it shouldn't be. But it sounds like it is. Oh, really weird. That is awesome. I I do have a vague memory that you have told me that dream in the past, but I I would never have have rethought about it until you said it again. That is awesome. That's fucking awesome. Um, so I, I guess you kind of gone around. Bosphorus, did you want to share your one thing? Yeah, I'll do it real quick. Uh, this it. this won't take long. Um, yeah. I was, this is probably sometime in my late twenties, I would imagine. Um. 
And I live in a town that had a little music store. At the time, it was called The Music Nook. I don't know what it's called now. It's changed hands a couple times, I imagine. But for the sake of the story, it's called The Music Nook. And it's just a little, you know, music store. You buy, like, musical instruments and stuff, and, you know, like a music store. So I figured, oh, I need to go get something musical-related at The Music Nook. So I go over there, and apparently there's some sort of, you know, hoopla going on. And uh, apparently Rob Zombie is there doing an appearance at The Music Nook <laughs> in my hometown. I was like, oh, well, that's, oh, that's weird. Random. What are the odds? So I, I go to you know I go to walk in, but there's only like one door in the front to get in, and Rob Zombie's just standing right in the middle of the doorway, and he's just standing there, and I'm like you know trying to like you know maybe shimmy around him you know, but there, there's no room, so I'm like uh, hey excuse me, and he's just standing there and he just pays pays me no mind, so I go excuse me, a little bit louder and still he's just just standing there completely oblivious, and then finally I'm like hey, then he's like. It's, you know, he, he hears me that time. He turns around and he's, like, and he's like pissed. Now, now I've never met Rob Zombie. I don't know Rob Zombie personally on any level. I hear he's a nice guy, so this isn't any reflection of you know any any of my experiences with him because I've I've had none. <laughs> but he turns around and he's pissed at me, and he's like, "Hey, I've sold millions of records," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, I didn't buy a single one. Get the fuck out of my way." <laughs> <laughs> Now, now the real question is: Did he then move, or did you just wake up? Yeah, you know, I yelled myself into awakeness. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you actually woke up yelling. You're like, God damn it, Rob! Oh shit! I uh, yeah, it was a dream. got out of my way, and the way was like in full awakeness. Right? And you're like, oh, I just yelled. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just, I just yelled for real. <laughs> Oops. Oh, awesome. That is beautiful. I love this kind of stuff. I love sharing this sort of, uh, you know, personal dreams and things like that. I think it's really fascinating. Um, awesome, guys. So it is It is almost time for us to catch that old horizon there. But uh, before we say goodbye, we'd like to go to our other segment. Occasionally, we all come across things that bring our piss to a boil. Now it's time to feel the rage and start petting those peeves. Hey everyone, the Burmeister here. Uh, gonna lighten the mood a little bit. We've been talking about a lot of scary stuff, and uh, now you're gonna hear an old man rant about shit he shouldn't care this much about. So anyway, <laughs> so uh, this is gonna be about you know food stuff in general. Not not food itself, but like kind of like restaurant stuff. Not not necessarily the wait staff. I have nothing against them. They work hard. They get shit pay. This is about some of the things that they're kind of made to do. But anyway. The first thing is, uh, you know, not, it's more of an observation, a humorous observation I found. Uh, you know, you get, uh, get to a restaurant, like a sit-down restaurant. You sit down and, you know, you're ready to make your order. And then uh, a waiter, a waiter or a waitress comes by. And you make your order and they go, oh, excellent choice. And I always get a kick out of that because I think to myself, well, do you offer unexcellent choices? I mean, I, I sure hope not. I mean, uh, do I get a couple bucks off if I make a pretty good decision as opposed to an excellent choice? I mean, you're, you're surely not going to hear, you know, a waitstaff member go, huh, interesting. If that's what you want, sure, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't eat that, but hey, it's, it's, it's going in your face, not mine. So. It's made with baby rats. Yeah, you know, mm, extra tasty, extra radical. Uh, and uh, let's see, one of the little things, this annoys me a little bit, but again, it's something, I'm not blaming the... The staff for this is something I know they're made to do, and it serves no purpose except for being some gimmicky bullshit. But um, whenever I go to Dairy Queen and order a Blizzard, this is and Dairy Queen makes a fucking huge deal out of this for whatever fucking reason. But before they hand it to you, they have to fucking tip it upside down, and then they hand it to you. And this always fucks me up because you know I'm at the drive-through especially, and when you know 
someone's about to give me something, I go to reach for it. But no, they got to do the whole fucking tipping upside down thing first. So I'm like, oh, now I'm in this like awkward thing. Like if you if you you're gonna go for a handshake or a fist bump, like uh, what what, what do I do here? And it's like I almost like knocked the goddamn thing out of the hand because I'm going to reach and grab it because I want the thing I paid for. But no, they have to do the whole fucking tipping upside down. Yeah, I get it. It's thick ice cream. It's not gonna immediately fall out of the cup. I get it. Who is this for? Who the fuck is this for? Right. It's like the proof that yes, our ice cream won't fall out immediately after we serve it to you in the cup. And supposedly, if they forget to do it and you call them out on it, you can right. get it for free. But fucking, I'd rather just just hand me the damage. Right. Who is the asshole who cashes that in? By the way. Like ah, I you. <laughs> You know, if you, someone in the listening audience has done this, fuck you. And I shouldn't say that, but that's a crummy thing to do. And I hope that Blizzard gave you brain freeze. Also, they they specifically say they only do it to the first Blizzard because if you order like three or four Blizzards, they only tip the first one upside down uh, and all the other ones they hand to you normally. I mean, you can go to the Wendy's website and you look through the menu and the Blizzards are the picture, uh, they're pictured Dairy upside Queen. down. They, oh, yeah. Yeah. You no. know what this is? This is like some suit higher up had this stupid idea, but no one wanted to tell him it was a stupid idea. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. So oh, we should totally, we should totally implement that, just to satisfy his ego or whatever. Right, right. It's like no, that is stupid. Stop being a stupid. It's just <laughs> so. Uh, it's just it serves no fucking purpose except just to be an obnoxious fucking thing. I guess I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, um. And now the last couple things. Uh, this has to do with like Chinese food places. Now I don't know why they do this. It's another thing I feel is completely pointless. And I've talked to a few people, and all of them say, "Oh yeah, this happens when I order Chinese food too." But for some reason, they have to staple everything closed. What the fuck is up with this? Yeah, <laughs> they st- like the foam so containers true. that goes in. They staple that closed. They staple the, the fucking b- bag. It comes in. That gets stapled closed. It's like there's like 17 staples in like every fucking order. It's like there's no need for this at all. So I gotta carefully open everything because I don't want those goddamn staples flinging everywhere. Because you know I've got small animals. People have kids, and I have bare feet sometimes that don't want to be stepped on. You know, don't want to be stepping on staples from like four months later. I'm like, when the fuck was I stapling shit? You right. know, because <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember at first because it, it was from a Chinese food bag. Right. I I hate it so much when they staple the styrofoam container because it's like the thing has a lip that naturally keeps it closed right. in the first place. So the staples in there are not only so unnecessary, but then when you try to rip it out, half the time the styrofoam rips poorly. No shit. And you just make a fucking mess of your right. container. You're like, right. cool, awesome. Yeah. And and the paper bags they use are like the exact width of these styrofoam containers. So they're not going anywhere. So there's no need to staple either one of these right. clothes. Right. And like these Chinese food places are the only places on earth that have figured out a way to vacuum seal paper bags. Because you cannot get this thing out without shimming it 400 times or just ripping the goddamn bag open. Right. It's just so goddamn annoying. And it's, oh, it's, it's no, I don't know. Maybe staples are like some sort of like extremely valuable export from their home countries that I'm just not privy to that knowledge or whatever. But it's like super valuable to them to have it exported to, I don't know. All I know is that one time I had a crab rangoon from a place in Milford and it had a staple in it. I bit into the crab rangoon and I was like, oh God, I think there's a piece of like shell or crab shell or something in here. And I pulled out a staple from my mouth and I said, no more Chinese food, no more for me. And that was, you know. And I didn't have Chinese food for three whole days. Yeah, that lasted for (laughs) about a year and then I said, fuck it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, to, to get back to the lighter side of this, it's another Chinese food thing, but I always love the 
well, I don't love it. It's just kind of humorous. Like the whole no substitutions thing when you go and you order like particular combo like, you know, designations. Now, you know they have all the accoutrements, but they're probably just, they're all together and like, you know, so they just, okay, we make the, the rice friggin' like 18 tons of rice. So the rice is going to be in everything. Lo mein is going to be everything. But, you know, if you want like a specific combo, like there's like these bags of preordained combos that they're just going to make. Like, okay, E, bang, and they make it. So like, so if you want to substitute something, you have to pay extra because they probably have to open another container. And it's like, you know, it's like one of those uh, professional sports, like three-way sports deals. Like today on the uh, Retro Red Octopus Dinner League, you know, Boss Rush Mode uh, is getting, you know, Nintendo's boneless spare ribs. And then Nintendo gets Parasite Steve's chicken fingers and Parasite Steve gets Boss Rush Mode's crab rangoons. Meanwhile, 8-Bit Alchemy puts his low main on the trading block, hoping to make a trade for a dessert to be named later. (laughs) But anyway, that's all I got. I'm angry. I'm hungry. I'm going to go shove something in my face now. Yeah! Let's go have a goddamn snack. <laughs> awesome. Friggin', nice. Friggin' righteous. Um, uh, goddamn staples. Now I'm pissed about staples. I know. What a stupid store. Who even needs office supplies? Nobody! I mean, wait. Wait, I mean, some, we need, some No, people. no, we need, we need office supplies. Okay, all right. Some people want these things. All right. Okay, everybody out there. This will, uh, this will do it for our spooky episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all things that made growing up awesome. Oh, I thought you were gonna, you're not going to do the spooky voice playing us out? Oh, I can. Okay. <sighs> all right, fine. Let's try this again. <clears throat> all right. That wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all things that made growing up spooky. Woo! If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button. Like us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Retro Octopus is part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, so if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like The Old Colony Cast, Bar Talk, and of course, Inebriart as Andy and Fish chat with local artists over a couple of cold ones. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit inebri-art.com. I have been your host, 8-Bit Alchemy. And we hope you do not get too spooked.